believe God's wanting to be able to connect us in a special way this morning. And I, as I was in prayer this morning, you know, there's a lot of things. It's like we could do this, we could do that. I thought about passing out three by five cards and having you write down what it is that you need from God. And I felt like that the Lord said there is some testimonies today that you have that I want to invite you to come up to share. In other words, what's the revelation that you have? Maybe there was a, something that took place in your life that connected you to God. Maybe there's something that put you on fire. Maybe there was an experience, whether it was a dream or a vision or maybe a time in a service where you just were connected with the Lord or maybe some scripture that you were reading and you knew that there's a God and I want to know this God intimately. So I want us to just take a few minutes and, and let's connect. Set aside things of the world. It's going to be here today when we get done. All the worries of the day are going to be there, but let's just begin to set aside the time and let's connect to God in a special way today. I just want to I want to give you the freedom to be able to to, to be able to share a, a testimony, a few words of how you connected with God because God was sharing with me. It's not about you sharing your testimony or sharing your revelation. It's about what God that God's people need when you do share that testimony or that revelation. For me, this time of year, around August, is always very special. Third Monday of August, 1986, the Lord redeemed me from who I was and made me, put me on the path to who I am. I've got a long way to go. For 34 years, I've been drinking in this word, his word. That's my testimony to you today. Fall in love with his word again. I've been studying it and pulling apart and reading it daily for 34 years and he still drops things down into the stuff that I I know I've read it a hundred times but then he shows it to me again where the people were bringing children to Jesus so that he lays hands on them and bless them and I was reading Luke the other day and he shows me this uh, get your Bible apps out and look at those different translations those different versions study that verse in as many translations as you can and pick it all out and this is what it says in the new living one day some mothers brought their babies God gets a little more specific not just children they're bringing their babies to him that's a lot of trust to bring your baby to a stranger and put that baby in his arms one day some mothers brought their babies to, to him to touch and bless but the disciples told them to go away then Jesus called the children over to him and said to the disciples let the little children come to me. Never send them away. For the kingdom of God belongs to men who have hearts as trusting as these little children's. And anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get within the kingdom's gates. And that struck me so deeply. Just with the heart of a child come to him. His word is so rich and so true. All his promises are yes and amen. His promise to redeem you is perfect. His promise to pour salvation into your life. It's perfect. He is perfect. Fall in love with His Word again. Dig into His Word. Just drink it in. Every day, drink in His Word and watch your relationship with Him grow. Thank you, Lord. Morning. Um, so, I've been praying for my family for 15 years, right? And, um, well, I have two older brothers and two older sisters and one younger sister. And I prayed for my brother, my, old, my oldest brother, for eight years, and there was no change. No change. Then he got sick. And he was sick for a year and a half and still continued to pray for healing, continued to pray for his salvation, and no change. But the day before he died, 
he cried out to me and he said, I have no idea what's going to happen to me. I am scared. So I shared the gospel with him. And I asked him, I said, do you want, do you want to know Jesus? And he said, yeah. So I led him to the Lord. And he said, I feel so much peace right now. And you know, I, I got angry when he got, when he died. I, I became very angry because I thought we were going to begin a new journey. His salvation came. He was going to be healed. But when he died, I became very angry. And then the Lord showed me, he's like, eight years in one day is no comparison to what you're going to get after you come meet your brother up here. So my other brother, I've prayed for him for 13 years. 13 years. I've been praying. I've been praying for him for 13 years. And his circumstances are not the greatest. He's in a place that I desire nobody to be in. But two, two, this was two years ago. He said, I'm ready. He gave his life to the Lord. And I talked to him this morning. I was on the phone with him this morning. And he was so excited to tell me a story of how Holy Spirit led him to go minister to somebody. He said, I took notes down. I was writing stuff down. I was just studying the word. And then... I believe it was the Holy Spirit that said, go talk to this guy. And he said, I went to go talk to this guy and I was just talking to him and I was sharing my notes and I was sharing the word with him. He's like, I have no idea where that came from because I know that's not me talking. And the joy that it brings me, it's only 13 years of life here on earth, just 13 years for eternity. That is a reward in itself. God has blessed me with so many things since I first started coming to church when I first gave my life to him. I have, I, I don't think I need anything else. I really don't. I don't have everything I want, but I don't believe I need anything else other than him. 13 years for eternity. My oldest sister, she's born again. She comes to church. My nephew, my children. I'm telling you, God's promises, they will happen. Not when we want them to, but they will happen. See, it is our selfish, soulless nature that wants it today. But in his timing, there is nothing that will stop his timing from being perfect. Wow. Thank you, Lord. You want to come on? When you give your life to Christ, your spirit becomes one with him. This is what happens scientifically. The spirit becomes one with your spirit, his spirit, the spirit of God. The unseen spirit of God lives in the unseen spirit of man. And then it's renewing our soul. It's transforming our mind, which is changes our soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And see, our mind can try to unthink what God's doing, but it's not going to stop God from doing that. And all of us have come to that place. And maybe if you haven't, maybe you will to where you connect with God yourself. So... Shelly has her relationship with the Lord, but I also have my relationship with the Lord. And how many of you know I can't get to God through her relationship, but she does point me to Jesus. Catherine has her relationship with the Lord, and and I have my relationship with the Lord, and she can't get to God through my relationship, but I can point her to Jesus. But there comes a time with all of us that it's our relationship. And it's not Pastor Linda's or Faye's or Jerry's. It's it's my relationship with the Lord. And there can be some markers throughout our life where it's like, I need Jesus. And I remember when I was 20, I tell people I gave my heart to Christ. But when I was 24, I gave him my life. 
And there's a difference. See, God wants us to connect to him in a personal, intimate way. And my prayer is that you experience that. You're going to experience that. And maybe you have in the past, and maybe some of those experiences you can share about. But I want God, I want you to experience God in a new way. I was was actually asking the Lord about this, and I was like, well, what about this, and what about that? And he's like, no, look at this. By the time I was six, six years old, I knew what it was to be abandoned and rejected, neglected, abused, molested by six years old. From five until 14, I was raised in church. At 14, we quit going, and I learned that God was mean. And I didn't want to serve that kind of God. And I walked away. But somewhere about 23... I had kids on the ground, and I wanted them to have an educated choice. So we started going to church because, you know, you got to go where that education is, and church is where you learn about Jesus. So we started going. And there was this one day, I would get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, read the Bible, and didn't, didn't have a relationship, I'm just learning as I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating what they are talking about, this love that God has for us. I look at my Bible and I'm like, God, when I was younger, this is what they said. You were angry, you were mad at me, I couldn't do anything right. But now they're saying something different. So I don't know who you are. So you have to tell me who you are. And I began to open my Bible. Now, since then, I've been told you're not supposed to just kind of like randomly flip through your Bible, but I do it anyway. So I started that. I just like opened my Bible and a word would pop out and I just keep flipping Genesis to Revelation and I'd go back and forth and all these different attributes and characters of God would pop out. And I landed on father and I stopped because you see my biological father left the day I was born. He said, I didn't, I wasn't worth it to him. My adoptive father molested me from age five till he died. I was 10 when he died. So father for me was not a good word. Fathers are mean. And I said, God, you cannot be father and be kind and loving and generous and a protector and a deliverer and all of these things that you're showing me. You cannot be both. He said, I'm not like your earthly father. Give me a chance to prove it. And if I ever fail you, you can walk away. Now, I've been told God doesn't make deals, but he made a deal with me that day because he knew I needed to have a way out. Ten years later, now I stuck with it. My relationship grew because I was willing to trust that he could prove wrong, that he could prove that he was not like these men who were called my earthly fathers. Ten years later, Holy Spirit brings it up. He goes, so what about that deal? Are you ready to walk away? In that entire time, he never failed me once. His love for me was so deep that he was willing to risk everything for me. He was willing to walk with me as I stepped through one trauma, one pain after another. And he never let go. And it wasn't that we didn't face hard times. It wasn't that we didn't have issues. It wasn't that I was doing things right. But it's his love. His love stuck with me. His love is what changed me. To this day, I'm still learning what that love looks like. 
I'm still learning the depth of it. What Not just what Jesus did on the cross. That's just one form of it. But the length he will go through to protect me. The length he will go to to defend me. The length that he will go to to make sure that I have everything I need. That I understand that what I may be going through is temporary. Or what I'm hearing is not really truth. But his truth, his truth says I'm his daughter. His truth says I can have everything that he has for me. His love. And if you don't know that deep love, I invite you to find out what it is. There is nothing in this world. I know pastors love me. Pastor Shelley, Pastor Eric, they love me, and I know that. But there's a lot of people in here that I can look around and be like, you know what, I know, I feel your love. But y'all don't love me the way he does, or as deep. And when you get that, it changes everything. It does. going to wait. Come on. You have an open invitation to be able to come up and share. I'm going to share kind of a weird story this morning that happened to me. Most of you know that I chose as a vocation in my life to be a counselor, and I was in private practice in Woodward for many, many years. But I want to tell you the story about the only client that I paid to come see me. One day, a man walked in my door, and he said, I need counseling. And I said, okay. And he began to talk to me. He said he was a prophet, but he was extremely ill. I saw him for a year, and I saw his health go down and down and down. Several times he was in the hospital. Um... I would watch him walk to his car. I don't know who brought him to counseling because they never got out of the car and it was always kind of a, it had dark windows and I couldn't see in. But I would watch him walk from my office to the car and I would just hold my breath because I was afraid he was going to fall. He would just shuffle, just shuffle. And he would come in sometimes every week, sometimes every other week. And we would always end that session with me on my knees in front of him, praying God's healing over him. And his condition became so grave that he had to enter the hospital. He had a hole in his heart and he was dying. And the doctors did what they could and he came back and we resumed the same thing. And I told Tom, I said, I feel so defeated. I said, this man comes to me, and I have the answer. And every week I get on my knees before him, and I lay my hands on him, and I pray. And there's no improvement. This went on for a year. There was needs arise in his life that he would express. And I would say, well, let me sew this $100 into that. And so I was actually paying him to come and be my client. And then one day, it was just a random afternoon, this man walked into my office, and I said, can I help you? And he started laughing. He said, you don't recognize me, do you? I mean, I'd just seen him the week before. He was strong. He was robust. He was flushed with health. His eyes were shining. He said, last night... As I lay in my bed, he had a hospital bed in his living room. An angel came to me and said, that's enough prayer. And he touched me and healed me. I didn't even recognize that man. It was an instant restoration and healing. I've never seen anything like that before. But for a year, I I felt so defeated. Don't pick up that defeat. Because like Eric said, you don't know what God's doing. You don't know. He doesn't quit. He's not done. It's not the end of the story. The last time I saw him, 
I said, can I pray for you one more time? And I knelt down in front of him and put my hand out and he laid his hand on my head and he said, you received me as a prophet and I am placing the prophet's reward on you now. And it changed my life. We serve a big, big, big God. And His ways are not our ways. Sometimes they seem strange to us. In fact, His ways are hardly ever my ways. But I will never forget this man. His name was Domingo, which I thought was a funny name anyway. I never saw who brought him. I looked for him again. He's gone. I don't know where he... We, we searched for him. Tom and I searched for him. And he just disappeared off the face of the earth. But what an experience with God. in fourth grade come home from school my dad was gone he had moved out and my life just went down spiral (laughs) but always say God raised me from the time I gave my life to him he has raised me. I've messed up time and time again, you know, and thought about quitting and, you know. Uh, but I I started calling on the Lord when I was probably about 15. I We, as kids, did stupid stuff because we didn't have a mom that really, she's about her own thing, you know. And my family were drinkers. And... Uh, I was my mom's bartender at a young age. And, um, but anyways, as kids, we did stupid things. And when I'd lay in bed at night, I'd go to sleep. There's sometimes I'd wake up. I wouldn't be able to open my eyes or say anything, you know, and this evil presence I could feel. And in my mind, I could just think, I mean, all of a sudden, it was like the only thing I could think was Jesus. So, I don't know if someone prayed for me while I was growing up. My, I don't know. Or if Jesus just, I don't know how it came about. But when I was, I had three little girls and my mom had some health issues and she was living with us. And it was in 96, I read a book, A Divine Revelation of Hell. And I told my husband one day, which I'd been praying, I'd go to bed praying, Lord, forgive me for my sins, you know, and and I just asked him to take care of my family and, you know, just little prayers like that and live, you know, didn't change anything. But on the inside, he was changing me. And I started going to church and actually Cindy was, (laughs) she was at that church and Crystal was at that church and, um, I told Cindy when I started coming here, I said, I feel like I'm following you. <laughs> but anyways, but God has a plan, you know, and there was countless times where I thought, you know, I don't, I don't sign up for this because I, I started going to church and it was like a battle, you know, and, and like, I don't know. I don't know if I can go on. Like, but, you know, he implanted something in me and he will not let me quit. And I'm thankful for that. Because it gives me a bit more of a desire when times get tough that I learn more of Him and I, and I know I read and I stay in the Word and I'm not perfect at it, you know. But man, if you will just hang in there, just keep going with Him. Because, you know, it's been mentioned, it's a relationship with Jesus. It's a journey. It's every day. Just hang in there. And don't give up, regardless of where you came from, whether you grew up in church or not. Keep going. Thank you, Jesus. 
going to have you guys just sing. I don't think we're done with the testimony. Cindy, let me, let's, let's do this first. I want us to just begin to start worshiping the Lord. We're not done with testimonies today. But I think God loves you so much that these testimonies are for you today. And I want us to focus not on how big our problems are, but how big our God is. And that's what I've heard on the testimonies of how big God is. Let's just worship. Let's just work. Let's just spend a few moments just worship. And then we'll have some more testimony. But let's just begin to worship the Lord. You can stand up. You can come to the altar. You can have communion if you want to. Let's just begin to connect to the Lord this morning. You are here moving in my midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you. I worship you. 
somebody gives a testimony about an angel coming. You give a testimony about having experience with God. And sometimes we look at it and we go, come on, that's weird. No, it's not weird. The supernatural should become our natural. You guys can be seated. Cindy, if you'll come. I was quickened about 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And they were dealing with the supernatural. And he, and he said, uh, said, someone living on the entirely human level rejects the revelations of this God's spirit. For they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the spirit. Some people can't understand the spiritual things because they're only spiritually discerned. And the natural man can't do that. So as I, as I think about the testimonies of God, I mean, we've heard testimonies, we've experienced things that, that you've got to look at and go, that's only God. Nobody else could do that. Nobody else could walk through that. So again, I want to read this again. Someone living in an entirely human level rejects the revelation of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him, and he can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. I want your spirit to come alive so you can begin to start believing for more than what God has for you. That you can start believing in the impossible. You can start believing, remove the lid to where all things are possible to him that believe. Cindy, you want to come and share? So I've told the story before. As when Manley was in the hospital, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And it was on one whole side of his brain and had already crossed over to the other side. And when he went in the hospital, they had to put him on steroids to shrink the swelling. So they was going to do it for like five days before they started the surgery. Well, we had gone to lunch, and the older son had stayed there with him for a while. We came back. The room was filled with security guards, the nurses, the doctors, and I'm like, what's going on? Well, Manly thought he was going to go home, and we're like, you go home, you die. You know, his brain was just ate up. And they were going to have to strap him down and give him something to calm him down. And I said, do what you got to do. I'm leaving the room. Come get me when it's done. So the nurse was a male nurse. He comes, gets me. He said that he calmly did it. He calmly laid down, and he was there. They did the surgery. Before the surgery, the doctor had told me that when he comes out of the surgery, he's totally going to be paralyzed. He was. But God, but God, every day I watched God do a miracle. He would like, Move his hand, move his fingers, move his arm, move his toes, then his feet. And the doctor would come in and, you know how they take a pin and put it on your foot until you, like it tickles and you jerk. He finally did. He had to learn to rewalk, talk, eat. And he went through speech therapy for a while. He did the radiation, the chemo. And I want you to know, don't lose your faith. But God is a miracle worker. It, in November, it will be five years. It is unheard of. But God, but God, faith, you must have faith as a mustard seed. Do you know how tiny a mustard seed is? It's like super tiny. 
So don't lose your faith. Amen. We rejoice with you. As you guys have been sharing, I've just been thinking about the impact that God has had on my life. You know, like Catherine shared, my testimony is probably totally opposite. And sometimes I used to feel like maybe mine wasn't as important because I didn't, because I had a great family, a loving mom and dad, and I always felt their love and God's love. And I I grew up in a Christian home, gave my heart to the Lord at fifth grade at Bowling Springs Church Camp. But it feels like I've known him all of my life. And, you know, I, I would always say, I, I just was a good girl. I mean, you know, I don't say that braggingly. I just wanted to obey my parents. I would say, well, I was the one that never had to get spanked. <laughs> Not that I never did anything wrong, but I was the baby girl. <laughs> But I wanted to obey. I don't know why it was so in me, but I wanted to obey. I just always wanted to obey. I'm I'm a rule follower. It's not hard to obey. But I came to a really confrontation when Eden passed away. I felt like we'd obeyed. And we'd done everything that we were supposed to do. Right? We prayed the prayers we were supposed to pray. And it didn't turn out like I wanted it to, or many of us wanted it to. So I've been on a journey of learning God's love and experiencing his love, just like Catherine went on it. Her journey was different than my journey, just like each of yours. My journey was different. That was a defining point in my relationship with God. And just like Tatum and Tennille and Justin, they all processed it differently. And I didn't necessarily get mad at God, but he's big enough to handle your anger, isn't he, Tatum? But I did lose my desire to pray for people to because I felt disappointed in God. That he didn't perform like I wanted him to perform. And so I've been on this 10-year journey of pressing in and coming to find God, not that he was lost, that he loves me even when I miss the mark and I'm not performing to my abilities. His love for me doesn't change. And through the healing time of that, when when Michael, our son, passed away, be two years in January, Michael struggled with drug addiction. But he knew God. He had a relationship with the Lord, and we sat with him in October before he passed away, and in um, January and he's sharing his experiences with God he's telling us all that God is doing but in the midst of all that he still couldn't get free from what had him bound but it didn't change the love of God it didn't diminish God's love it didn't take God's love away his missing the mark didn't negate God's love for him. He 
didn't experience the kingdom of God on the earth in the fullness that God wants, wanted for him, just like many of us, that's, that's, that's where we're growing in, is to experience the kingdom of God, heaven on earth, here. And him missing the mark, it did, it did steal from that. And it will steal from each of us. But it doesn't ever change the love that God has for us. He loves you unconditionally. He loves me unconditionally. I don't have to perform for his love. You don't have to perform. But this is what happens. The more that we have a revelation of his love, the more we can get things out of our lives. That's what I'm learning. It's like you can follow all the rules. And then when you miss it, condemnation comes in and tries to destroy you. When Eden passed away, passed on to heaven it was like I had to come to a place where I love God not for what he does for me I love God no matter who passes on to heaven and who doesn't I love God no matter what hard things we go through and we all have to come to that revelation in our hearts to go do I really love him for who he is in my life not for what he does and doesn't do it's a journey for every one of us it's our own personal journey just like Eric was saying it's not through it's not through mine even it's yours it's mine on coming to the place of going there are things that are going to happen in our lives that don't turn out the way we wanted. And we have to have that revelation of his love that it changes everything. When we've had so many pastor friends pass on to heaven, I have to just go, wow, they are in a place that we can only fathom to be one day. And yes, they were there earlier than what we felt like they should be. And some of you have experienced the, thing, the same thing with loved ones. And maybe you're right in the middle of a process that you're walking out. But I want to encourage you. His love is limitless. It's limitless for you. You cannot mess up enough in your life to lessen God's love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. So no matter what hard things, each of us have something that is, is a marker in our life that we can go, did we move closer to him or did we move away from him? But his love is always moving towards you. His love is always moving towards you. Even though you may be pushing it away or moving farther away from it, His love is always being poured out upon you. God is good. All the time. No matter any bad circumstance we go through, because life does have its issues, doesn't it? But I just want to confirm in your heart that he loves you. He's with you. Whatever journey you're on, whatever you've walked through, he wants to bring you to a new place. I'm in a new place than I was 10 years ago. And I thank God for that revelation of his love, his goodness, his grace, his mercy upon my life. And that he never leaves me and that I don't have to perform for his love even though now I want to do it because I love him not because I'm following rules but because I love him and he loves me
anybody else. Good morning. I just wanted to share with you an experience I had last night. Um, the Lord is healing things from my past one little teeny tiny bit at a time because that's how it works. I've suppressed and pushed down and held back so many traumatizing feelings and things that have happened to me in my life. But I've been so busy being a runaway. I was like Shelly. I was the baby girl of the family. And they doted on me and spoiled me. And I was born into lots of money. And then I married into even more lots of money. And I'm proud to present to you my Lamborghinis. That's how I got here this morning. Um, I'm humble. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. But I tried to get out of Pastor Linda's vehicle yesterday because I wanted to rough somebody up. And guess what? I've been bullied my whole entire life at school by my sisters. Oh my, Lanta, too many people. And I don't know how to fight. If I really got in a fight, I'd probably bite and scratch like a girl. <laughs> anyway, I stayed in the car because she guilt tripped me and said, um, do you want to beat her up or stay with me. I want to stay with you. <laughs> and later on that evening, I had such a bad anxiety because I got in a little tiff with my middle child and I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I almost lost my voice. So these days I don't partake in drugs, alcohol, or anything like a tattoo that is unhealthy or not good to spend my money on. So I take myself to the ER two blocks away conveniently. It's that close. And um, I had no idea. I was hanging out with the chief of police of Moreland the whole time. Oh my goodness. If I knew that ahead of time, I would have simmered down. Patricia, stop acting like a seven-year-old. But I was sitting in the concrete out front and I was crying and just a little bit hysterical and he comes out and goes are you okay and I looked up and I said define okay and he didn't he just kind of collected me up he kind of sort of walked me almost home to drop the dog off and come back and he stayed with me every single minute until they gave me a shot in my butt of some really good anxiety medicine and it worked so good that I almost missed church today. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy Jesus woke me up. Stop laughing. Oh my goodness, God is so good. He is alive and well and breathing inside of people like me and you. And I saw something on Catherine's post that someone said, and I'm stealing it. I confess, I'm an honest thief. It said, do you love God more than you love the sin in your life? Well, let's break that down. Yes, Lord, I love you more than Foul language. Yes, Lord. I love you more than being angry and hanging on to it. Yes, Lord. I love you more than Oreo cookies. Yes, Lord. I love you more than my addiction. I love you more than anything in my life. Lord, sometimes I love you more than I love myself. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And he died for all of us around the globe. Every hair on every head is counted globally for every child of God that's a masterpiece. And I'm very grateful and honored to be a child of the Most High God. I'm so blessed and highly favored. Good morning. So a few years ago, um, Shelly and Eric, got with me and uh, I came in and I was the secretary here at the church. Um, Catherine needed to do some stuff for her ministry and stepped down. And during that time, um, we had a lot going on. Uh, so I'm like, we had, the new year was coming and Eric always gets a word 
that he shares with us and uh, that year, that next year is going to be dream big. I don't know. <laughs> this was a big one for us. And so I'm like, we made banners and we had stuff going. And in that time, we had a women's conference coming up. It was our women's Christmas banquet. And I don't know if you guys came, but Cami Cantu came. And she came up here, and she was going to give a word, right? And so she started calling people out, and she's like, who drives the discovery? I just got it. It didn't even have paper tags. And she called me up, and she spoke a word over me. Um, and I've held on to that word for, for these past few years. I've listened to it almost every single day. Um, I have it written down. I've read it. And uh, I've loved my job. I've loved being here. I've loved being in the spirit. If I needed a break, I just came to the sanctuary. It, I mean, this being the secretary is not being the secretary. It's a blessing. You have no idea. Um, so God says, you know, we're doing this dream big thing. And God said, you're going to step out. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm a very good multitasker. I can do lots of things, God. I'm a very, I'm a very busy person. If you don't know my life. I'm very busy. Um, and God was just like, Shauna, you're you're taking someone else's blessings. There's somebody that needs to go back into that position, and you, and it's time for you to step down. And um, I didn't know what that looked like. David was working ten days in Texas, ten days home at the time. Uh, He's always loved nutrition. Um, so I'm like, Eric's like, dream big, dream big. There's something coming, dream big. I went into the nutrition club and I told him I want to buy the nutrition club. I didn't even tell David. So then I got home and I told David, I said, I'm, I want to buy the nutrition club. He said, Cammie, as a senior, we have graduation. We don't have time to buy a nutrition club right now. And I said, I know, but you know what? You love nutrition. And you love talking about it. And the one thing I ever wanted to be in life was a mom. And you let me stay home with my babies and you let me raise them. And I love my babies more than life itself. And um, I'm like, honey, I want to do something for you. Like while you're gone your 10 days, you can go work your job and I'll run your nutrition club. And when you get home, you can do it, right? I mean, I graduated high school. I've had no college. I never felt qualified to own my own business, whatever. So... We bought the nutrition club and doors kept opening. Um, we now own five nutrition clubs. We have 11 in our, in our front line. Um, we went, we just qualified for a retreat. We actually just came home this morning from Tennessee. Um, we've been on a journey on the way back and we've had people calling us. I need you to come. I need you to come put me on a nutrition plan. And so we ended up spending three hours last night with some family and uh, putting them on a plan. And so we drove in for church this morning. Um, but when we were in Tennessee, Aramis, he is our top upline uh, press team or whatever. He has 10,000 people in his organization. And there was 13 distributors that qualified for this retreat that we just came on. And out of 10,000 people, 13 got to go to this retreat. And David and I were in the top two. And God is moving and he's blessing because we stayed faithful and we're stepping through the doors that he asked us to go through. Has it been easy? No. No, it hasn't. And we know that harder days are coming. But we know that God has closed some doors to some to some clubs, and we know that he's opened some other doors for some clubs. And if you will just be faithful, and you'll walk through what he has for you, and you'll listen to the blessings and the prophecies that people speak over you, and you'll take hold of those, they will come forth. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. So let's just, we're just going to worship the Lord. Let's just begin to worship the Lord, worship the Lord. And I just want to encourage you to, to where you are in your walk with God. And maybe you're just new. Maybe it's just starting. Maybe it's just beginning. Or maybe you've been in it many, many years. And, and maybe you've come to a dry place. God's just wanting to stir something up within you today. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's a way to connect right now today. And just, just very simply, just invite Him into your heart. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. But let's just begin to step into this. And let's just begin to worship God. He loves you. 
my word says that God is love. So that's every part of his being, every part of his DNA. As we begin to experience the Father in a greater way. You know, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and the, the, the dimensions. We are ready to step into the next realm. This realm that's really close to us. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. To begin to step into that realm. And just begin to experience God's love in a greater way. I want just to, us just to begin to worship now this morning. Just a few moments. Just a few moments. And just let your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions just begin to sing to the Lord. Let your heart go. Just begin to sing to the Lord and connect to the Lord. Let's just begin to worship Him for a few moments now. Thank you. Thank you. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. took a breath, you breathe your life in me. You have been so, so No shadow you won't light up no more. 
just some he wants all of you some of us are afraid to give it all to him but don't be afraid because he didn't give you a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind is there anything that you could just say God why don't you take this maybe it's guilt maybe it's shame maybe it's unbelief maybe it's the pain Maybe it's the successes and the victories. Can you just give that to him today? Just say, God, you can have it all. I'm all in here. Just begin to have it all. I experienced the goodness of God in my life in 2016 when I survived a heart attack. I don't know why. I did and other pastor friends did. But I'm not going to question the whys. Because I know that God is good. And He's good even when I'm not too good. And He's faithful and He's constant. And He's after you just want to ask you just to just to stand and put your hand on your heart and I just want to pray that, that God's love is just going to be poured out upon you I just want to pray that you just begin to receive that love of God because see we, we, we love limited in in our human selves we love limited we we limit our love maybe on what we can get from somebody or what they'll do for us but God's love is unlimited. And I want you to, to receive the, the depth and the height and the width and the breadth of God's love that no one can take you out of His hand. That God loves you even in the midst of what you've been through and gone through. And we've heard testimony of some terrible things. But Jesus said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always. And when he left in, 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 in Matthew chapter 28, he was leaving the disciples. He said, I'm going to be with you. Although I'm leaving, I'm going to be with you. And he's with you today. And I pray that you take him out of here. <laughs> I know that you will. And that you'll begin to experience the depth of God's love today. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He loved the world so much that He gave up His only Son. That whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave the most precious thing to Him for you. He gave His Son for you. And let's just begin to receive that. Just say, God, I receive your love. I receive the depth of your love. I receive that it's a bottomless, endless. We love the bottomless, endless French fries, don't we? We, we love the bottomless, endless love of God. It comes so much more than the French fries or the chips or whatever it is that they have. They think there's an end, no end to. It's the love of God. So we receive that right now. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Listen, I, uh, I'm, we're going to dismiss and you can go home. If you want to give today, though some of you got offerings that you give online, that's great. Some of you want to give today. There's some baskets set up as you, as you exit today. Um, the sanctuary, if you want to come up in here and give, feel free to give. We bless you. We send you forth in his power and his might. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We bless you guys. We send you forth. Have a wonderful afternoon today in Jesus' name.